Thank you for that just wonderful time of worship. So fitting that we should come to the Word, having sung such wonderful things about our Lord Jesus Christ. And tonight, once again, we come and we sit at the feet of the Master um, in this beginning section on the Sermon on, on the Mount. And as we consider the Beatitudes, our fully satisfied series, as we've been talking about every week, um, over the last number of weeks, that blessed is means fully satisfied. Fully satisfied are those who do this or do that. And so let's read them again. And every time we're going to read them, we're going to consider the fourth one tonight. But let's read from verse 3 uh, through to the end of that little section again. Matthew chapter 5. Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are those who mourn, for they will be comforted. Blessed are the meek, for they will inherit the earth. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they will be filled. Blessed are the merciful, for they will be shown mercy. Blessed are the pure in heart, for they will see God. Blessed are the peacemakers, for they will be called sons of God. Blessed are those who are persecuted because of righteousness, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are you when people insult you, persecute you, and falsely say all kinds of evil against you because of me. Rejoice and be glad, because great is your reward in heaven. For in the same way they persecuted the prophets who were before you. Just have another word of prayer as we begin. Heavenly Father, once again tonight as we come to the spiritual meal, we pray that you'll grant us understanding. We pray that... You would unpack it by your spirit into our hearts and that we'll leave tonight just having heard from you, from your word, that there'll be application and encouragement, maybe even challenge for the week ahead. And so gracious Heavenly Father, we pray that you'll bless the spiritual meal to all the needs that are represented here tonight. We pray this in your name. Amen. We've seen from the past few weeks that the Beatitudes on the surface seem to be very practical, but yet when we have a look at them in the context of what Jesus is speaking about, it's primarily spiritual things that He's been speaking into our lives about. Blessed are the poor in spirit. Blessed are those who understand and know that they are spiritually bankrupt and need a Savior because they will the kingdom of heaven will be theirs. We can't inherit the kingdom of heaven unless we understand that we need a savior. And so the simplicity of Jesus' statement is primarily in that spiritual sense. Blessed are the poor in spirit. But blessed are those who understand they're spiritually, that they are spiritually bankrupt. Blessed are those who mourn. And we unpacked this and we understood that, yes, God does comfort those who mourn, those who are in bereavement. But Jesus is not speaking about that kind of bereavement here. He's speaking about blessed are those who understand their sinfulness and have come to a place of mourning, of, of, of brokenheartedness before God because of their own sin and also because of the sin of others. And we're challenged in terms of understanding our own sinfulness and understanding the sinfulness of those around us. And God will bring comfort for those who mourn. 
And then last week, we blessed are those who are meek, for they will inherit the earth. We spoke about just a meekness and humility, copying the example of Jesus and the blessings that are associated with that when we learn to be meek and follow the example of Christ. Tonight, we're going to come and consider this one. A profound statement, in a sense, we kind of changing gear when we get to the statement and the Beatitudes. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they will be filled. It's one thing to hunger and thirst for something good, isn't it? Matthew and I got out on the bicycles. Last night, late evening, it's probably the first time I've had a really decent ride on a bicycle for years. And I came back absolutely exhausted and thirsty and very hungry. Once Matthew shared some of his, his, uh, his cool drink with me, fizzy cool drink, and oh man, I was just hungry, thirsting for more of that and thirsting for something to eat. We know what it is to hunger and thirst for something good, isn't it? If we're going to consider this, we need to consider the topic of sin. Jesus speaks about these things that we need to do, but he speaks about some really serious things. And if we can consider this statement tonight, we need to just understand and reflect just very briefly on sin and what 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 is the problem with sin in the world? Is it is it one specific sin in the world that's the major problem? I don't think we can say that. I don't think we can say that the problem with the world is uh, the stealing in the world. Or the whole problem in the world is just because people are murdering. There's, There's so many sins in this world, and it's not just one sin, but it's sin in general. What is the problem in our lives, even as Christians? The problem in our lives sometimes is our own sinfulness. And Paul writes in Romans chapter 7 and speaks about the struggle that he has as a Christian. We're not going to be exempt from this struggle until Jesus comes again. And so Jesus comes with a very profound statement, I believe, to those who are following him. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness. Who hunger and thirst for righteousness. We find this beatitude, there's a change in gear. There's a change in the tone of what Jesus is speaking about. It's becoming less negative. It's becoming more positive in terms of as kind of being a little bit more proactive and looking for solutions. The previous statements came, caused us to look at ourselves. And now we're called to look for a solution in terms of what's our spiritual needs are obviously with his help. We've been looking at our helplessness and bankruptcy, and now we're looking for deliverance. It's a foundational statement. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness. Fully satisfied are the ones who have a craving in their spirit to be righteous, to have a hunger for righteousness before God. 
And we need to unpack what this word righteousness is about. We can look at righteousness and we can look at righteousness from the world's perspective. Sometimes it might be two countries and one country doing the right thing. It might just be some good deeds that people are doing and so on. And so we have some kind of idea from the world. But you know, righteousness is far more than that. When we come to the scripture, we look at Romans chapter 3, 21, but now righteousness from God has been revealed. We see righteousness that's not from ourselves. We see righteousness in terms of us being justified. So righteousness can equal justification. And that's true. And that's wonderful. And that's a a foundational principle that we stand right before God because we stand justified because of the work of Jesus upon the cross. Now, we can't do that ourselves. Apart from God changing our hearts and drawing ourselves into Him by His Holy Spirit and for us to receive Jesus as Lord and Savior. That process of justification, He has done. But when He says, blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, the righteousness that Jesus is speaking about is a longing in our hearts. It's a longing in our hearts that more... that's. That goes beyond justification. It goes into the realm of sanctification. That those who hunger and for righteousness are those who long to stand, firstly stand right before God in terms of justification, but also those who long to be standing in holiness before God. Now we can't clean up our own lives by ourselves without the help of God's Holy Spirit. But what Jesus is saying to us today. And instructing us, we need to have a longing and a desire for that kind of righteousness. That kind of righteousness that goes beyond just the realm of right standing, but also goes into the realm of of being sanctified, being made holy before God. We're reminded in Romans chapter 3 that for all have sinned and fall short to the glory of God. We understand the problem of sin. So righteousness here is standing right before God and being made pure before God. As a Christian, can you answer the question for me tonight? Have you ever tried have you ever been successful in just sorting yourself out? Have you been successful in dealing with sin yourself in your lives? Dealing with, with this old man that keeps on showing his face up in your life? Old man not in terms of age, but old in terms of before Christ. He shows his face up from time to time and there's this constant war and struggle. Who here has won that war on their own? We haven't, have we? But Jesus is very interestingly saying to us, fully satisfied are those who desire to win that war over the old person. Fully satisfied are those who are craving and thirsting and longing for righteousness, for holiness before God. Let's unpack this 
concept of righteousness or hunger for righteousness. We could say tonight, therefore this righteousness that Jesus is speaking about is firstly it's a desire to be free from sin. Why? Because sin separates us from God. For all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. Sin cannot be in the presence of a holy God. And if we love Christ today, then we, we don't want to do anything that displeases Him. But we find in our nature that we keep on doing that, don't we? And we have this struggle. Many new Christians in their faith struggle because all of a sudden they realize they've come to faith and there's this elation of finding this new faith in Christ. And all they want to do is please Jesus. But the next day they've slipped up again. And all of a sudden they realize, hang on a moment, we've messed up. One of the great points is to understand that our faith is not based upon how we feel and our own actions, but on what Christ has done. But as we grow and we walk in our faith, that God would give us this desire, as Jesus is speaking about, for righteousness in our lives. Firstly, it's a desire to be free from sin. It's a desire to be free from falling. It's a desire to be free from whatever it might be in our lives. Whether it be a temptation or a bad temper or some words that come out or impatience or whatever it might be. You and I both probably have a whole list of things that if we're really honest with ourselves tonight, they're, they're things that we need to clean up in our lives perhaps. The second thing that thirsting for righteousness could be is it's a desire to be right with God. It's connected. Each one of these are connected. Don't you desire to stand in the presence of a holy God tonight and to be completely right with Him? We were right with Him in Christ. We know that. Somebody who hungers and thirsts for righteousness is somebody who sees that the sin in one's life and the rebellion in one's life separates him from the face of God. Friends, we can all be rebellious. We know that God is leading to cut this out of our lives. Or we know that God is leading us to do that or to go there. But we find that we can be rebellious and we can dig our heels and say, No, Lord, it's not possible that you're going to send us to an island in the middle of the South Atlantic. How many weeks did I rebel until I had to surrender before the Lord? How many weeks did I say, Lord, no, this is not possible. It's too big. It's a desire to be right with God. A hunger and a thirst for righteousness is also a desire to be free from the stronghold or the power of sin in our lives. This is the reality of the Christian walk. This is reality of the old nature that Paul expresses and the new man in, in that chapter in Romans. I do the things I do not want to do. The things I do not want to do, I find that... Uh, how does it go? Sorry, I'm, I'm kidding. I do not do the things I want to do, but the things I know I do not want to do, I find myself doing. What a wretched man am I who will save me? 
he has this war and this wrestle. And it's part of the Christian walk. And we need to understand it. We need to know that sin and the enemy is knocking at our door. And we need to have this thirst and this longing to continually be changed. I said this morning, if you and I feel that we've arrived in our Christian walk, if we feel that we've arrived in our holiness and our righteousness before God, then we're in a very dangerous place spiritually. We need to have a right estimate of ourselves before God. We need to have a right estimate in terms of the psalmist who in Psalm 139 says, Search me and try me, O God. Would you dare to say that before God tonight? Would you and I dare to say that, Lord, search me, show me? And sometimes we're a bit concerned about asking God to that do that because we are afraid of what He might actually show us in our hearts, in our lives, in our actions, in our deeds. A thirst for righteousness is also a desire to be free from the very desire for sin. Because if we get down to it, we still have this inclination for sin. I think I might have shared with you some time ago, maybe in February, I had this motor car and it kept on pulling to the left-hand side of the road on the motorway. It had this inclination to always go and I had to just keep my hand on the wheel. The Christian life is like that because we have a natural tendency and a desire to go always off track and if we don't keep a guard on it, the hunger and the thirst for righteousness that Jesus is speaking about is that that desire should, should be won over. And so we need to keep on feeding this hunger and thirst for righteousness. That's something that we can do in our lives. Keep on feeding, keep on longing after. Lord Jesus, make me more like you today. Someone said this, to hunger and thirst for righteousness is to be done, is to desire to be free from self in all its manifestation and in all its forms. It goes back to what I call the me monster. It's my own heart's desire, my own longing, my own inclination to be free from that and to have Christ the center and to be longing more, to be more like Him in my actions and my thoughts and my deeds, even when nobody's looking. Isn't this powerful when Jesus says, Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for this righteousness, this holiness before God. It has really it has wonderful practical applications as I thought about it and just try to unpack this. Because in the Beatitudes, we've discovered already that there's always a promise. And in verse 6, it says, Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness. And here's the promise, for they will be filled. They will be filled. Isn't that wonderful? Every time Jesus promises something. For theirs is the kingdom of heaven. For they will be comforted. For they will inherit the earth. Now tonight, for they will 
be filled. How is it that we are filled when we hunger and thirst for righteousness, this holiness before God? Friends, when we start to really hunger and thirst for God's righteousness in our lives, and it's not just something from our words, but something that takes place in our hearts, and it's a longing before Him. Not just a longing, but a submission to Him. God does miracles in our lives. I remember meeting one young person when I was a young adult, and she was going from one church to the next in the city of East London where I came from. And I was kind of, I'd settled down into a lovely Baptist church there. And uh, that, was, that was great. But this person had been going from one church to the next looking for the miraculous signs. Looking for the, the miracles of the Holy Spirit that was taking place. And sure, God does miracles even in our day and age. But you know what the greatest miracle that He does in our day and age is that when we surrender and we are submissive to Him as Christians, He does a miracle within our own hearts and lives. I spoke to you earlier and I asked who's been successful in cleaning up their own lives and sorting out the things in their lives as a Christian. And I don't think any of us could say, yes, we've won that battle. But when we do this, when we hunger and thirst for righteousness in our lives. God does that. And that thing that you and I battle with, He gives us the victory. And when we've won the victory because of Him working by His Holy Spirit, there's a joy and a contentment that God gives us. And we will be filled with righteousness. But we've got to hunger and we've got to thirst for it. And I'm not speaking about ritual. And Jesus isn't speaking about ritual. He's not speaking about piousness here. Many people understand righteousness to be an outward act. No, that's religion. And I think the word religion is only used twice in the Bible. Once in James, and James almost uses this in a mocking sense. Because religion is outward acts. Jesus is speaking about in our hearts, are we hungry and thirsting that God would change us and take us to that deeper place with Him? When we learn to do that, we are filled with joy when He does the miracle of change. When He does the miracle of giving us the victories that we need in our lives to conquer those things that we struggle with. And there's a blessedness of knowing the working of the living Christ in our lives. It's so amazing how we've, this beatitude coincides with what we've been speaking about this morning in Ephesians. That Paul prays that we would have the ability to, to have the fullness of Christ in our lives. And part of this is letting Christ work within us. Part of it is this hunger and thirsting for righteousness and change and sanctification by the Holy Spirit in our lives. It's a simple but a powerful beatitude tonight. 
This beatitude is not about hunger and thirsting for others to be righteous or for the leaders of our nations to start putting things right. No, Jesus saying, blessed are those who hunger and thirst themselves for righteousness. The changing work of God Himself in their lives. And perhaps out of this message tonight, if you want to receive the contentment and the joy and the fullness, how is it that we can be hungering and thirsting for righteousness? I dare you to ask God for areas, to show you areas of surrender. Ask Him to show. Let's be honest. Let's be challenged to come before God in our own personal lives and say, Lord, I know I'm not perfect. Show me where I need change. And Lord, help me to hunger and thirst for righteousness in that area of my life. Ask that He would place that that longing for surrender and righteousness. Not not only that, when He does show it to you and I, there needs to be a willingness to do what what He wants us to do, to give up what we need to, to change what we need to, to change our pattern of thought, to turn our back on our old ways and turn to ways that please Him and honor Him in whatever area that might be. It might just be a small issue in our lives. It might just be something trivial, but God is speaking to us about it. Or it might be something bigger than I don't know. But I know that there's a great joy. And what I've learned in life is when I've been struggling with something in my life, I've longed for righteousness in that area. God is faithful and He breaks through. And the greatest miracles that many people miss because they're looking on outside miracles, is the miracle of a changed heart. And the greatest miracle that you are going to ever see in your life, in your Christian walk, is when Christ continues to change your own heart. Nobody else knows that your heart needs this change. And all of a sudden you realize that God has changed your heart and your attitude. You can have done that yourself. He has this greatest miracle. And it starts with this longing and thirsting for righteousness and more righteousness in our lives. Not piousness, not empty religion, but a real deep heart changed. You see, dear friends, we come to Christ in faith. We become born again. And then from then on, until Jesus comes again, whenever that might be in the timeline, We stand at the end of time here, if Christ was going to come at this point, mark that over there. Whenever that is, we don't know when that is. We stand in the culmination of time sanctified because of the work of Jesus. But now we live in, some of us may pass from this life before Jesus comes. Some of us may see Jesus come. In this process, even though we are sanctified, we are being sanctified at the same time. It's a difficult concept to get our heads around. But it's this bit in between. We stand sanctified, but in the meantime, God is doing this work. Jesus says, 
blessed are those who are longing for the sanctification work to take place, this righteousness to be worked out in our lives. And the promises, yes, they will be filled. Isn't that precious? Isn't that amazing? I trust that God would stir up within our hearts this longing to be more like Him. As the silversmith holds that iron spoon on the hottest point of the fire and the chaff is burnt, the dross gets to the top of the metal and eventually it's burnt away. And when the silversmith stands and he can see his reflection in it, then he knows it's pure. May I desire, may Jesus plant tonight, I'll desire even more so that he would see his reflection in our lives. Let's pray together. Heavenly Father, we just want to thank you tonight. Thank you for the blessedness of the word. Thank you for the scripture that is so powerful. Lord, won't you plant within our hearts this thirst that you speak about, this hunger and thirst for righteousness. Won't you show us and open our hearts, expose our hearts before you, and by your Holy Spirit, continue the good work of sanctification that you've started in our lives until you come again. Oh Lord, forgive us when we don't desire to be changed, when we get comfortable and complacent, when we tolerate things that are not right in our own lives, when we tolerate our thoughts and our, our short views and whatever it might be. Please forgive us. Grant within us a longing for victory over the old man in our lives. To the glory and to the honor of your name only. Lord, we long to see the greatest miracle of all that takes place when we witness the change that your Holy Spirit does within our own hearts. To the glory and to the honor of your name. So Lord, won't you send us with your blessing. Won't you send us into the week excited about what you can do. Excited to be filled with righteousness. Excited to know victory. Excited to know victory over the things that we stumble over in our lives. That we can look back and just see what amazing things you've done. To the glory and to the honor of your name. Won't you continue to bless each one tonight. We pray this in the name of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen.